Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum football. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Yeah, Max Starks is here. It is, of course, 11 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, and Max joins us for Maximum Football for the next hour. Max, how's it going? I'm doing great, guys. Delirium is a great medicine for travel. (laughs) (laughs) You've been breaking, you've been pushing it, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then I do college, so I do college Saturdays. Thank goodness we had a Monday night game. Uh, in Pittsburgh, they gave me the Sunday off to kind of gather myself and just relax. But normally it's back-to-back Saturday, fly out immediately, get to the game on Sunday, or drive as I did two weeks ago. You weren't doing like that to Cleveland. That <laughs> Eastern Michigan game or whatever was going on last night. Now that we have football seven nights a week, you weren't doing that one, Max? Yeah, no, I was not I was not doing that. I did not uh, participate in Maction this time okay. around. All right, but cool. I'm sure it, it's something that probably they're going to try and add next year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so before we get into the topic here, just the vibe around this Cardinals team, it seems like they're not just their record, but it seems like there is something special beyond that. Um, I'm going to apologize to you ahead of time, Wolf, because I haven't heard this, but I'm guessing it's going to be infuriating. This is Max Kellerman from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning. Um, I'll just play it. What's scary about the Cardinals is their one loss came to a Packers team who was – playing on a short week and all that, and the Cardinals were at home, but the Cardinals were also playing on a short week. Like, they, they haven't really, in a normal week, lost a game yet. And, and then they just won on the road in the, in the division without their quarterback or their best receiver. The Cardinals, the evidence of this year so far, says the Cardinals are the best team in football. I don't believe it. I think the Packers at full strength, maybe, but... The evidence says the Cardinals. Right, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but if the evidence shows you that the Cardinals are the best team, why don't you believe it? But doesn't that summarize essentially what you've been saying for about four weeks, Wolf, of people look at this and they're like, wow, yeah, they are the best team, but they can't be the best team. That is stunning to me right there that somebody would say that. The evidence says the Cardinals are the best team in the league. I just don't believe it. Boy, you know what? I, I love and appreciate the honesty coming from Max Kellerman right there because I think he's not alone in that regard. I think there are a lot of national analysts that feel exactly the same way. To me, what I love is I don't think it matters one iota inside that locker room to the Arizona Cardinals and the players inside that locker room what national pundits say or think. Max, isn't that what this is? Isn't that what sports are all about? Like just because people didn't pick the Cardinals at the start of the season. Isn't that why we play these games to see who actually wins them and moves up? Exactly. That's that. That's why. You, that's why sports were created. <laughs> that's why you created a schedule and not say, "Ah, we'll just pick the best ones. They'll play one time, and that'll be it." And that's what we'll crown for the year. No, you create a schedule. You put bunch of games over a period of time, and you decide who's the best based off of how the dust settles at the end of it. And right now, the Cardinals are that team and have been that team for a while, even though you don't want to believe them. Yes, you <laughs> lost to Green Bay, but guess what? Green Bay's a good team. They got Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, you know, yes, they didn't have their receivers. Well, you know, DeAndre wasn't playing either. So, you know, and we lost our tight end a couple weeks ago. But at the end of the day, this team shows you they don't need Kyler to win every game, which is the maturity and the jump from last season when we saw the game 
you could get in the playoffs when one of these last two, Kyler's not available. They couldn't do it. Well, they guess what? They went out and did it. So they've corrected the ills of last season. So now you need to believe them. They are for real. They know how to play this game. You lose Chase Edmonds, and guess what? James Conner goes into beast mode in the backfield. That's the type of team. When you have depth and when you have multiple guys who can contribute and win and not rest it all on the shoulders or the legs of one guy or, or the other, that's when you know you've got a great team that's going to be problems moving forward, and that's where the Cardinals deserve to be at number one. Even if he doesn't want to put it up there, Max Kellerman doesn't want to do it. It's kind of one of those things. It's like a guilty you know, ballot turn in. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you're still going to mark them as number one because I like where this power ranking is because I think that's deserve it. They have kicked they have kicked butt when they've needed to kick butt. And they struggled. Oh well, nobody's perfect. You know, we proved that. It hasn't been perfect since seventy two. So that's fine. You get the one loss on a short week on Thursday night football. No player wants to play Thursday night football before Thanksgiving, because that's how it's supposed to be, Wolf. Yeah. You don't play Thursdays until Thanksgiving. That's right. And oh. doing it regardless. And Max, did you ever play on Thanksgiving? Did you ever do it? Uh, this is a sore subject. Do we have a couch? No. Oh, my goodness. Really? <laughs> Hello? A what, what happened uh, right no, here? No. I stumbled onto so, something? So, yeah. No, no. So, I always when I set my mind for my thing, for my goals in my NFL career, yeah. two of the things I wanted to do, I wanted to play on Thanksgiving, <laughs> and I also wanted to play overseas Okay, for a game. You, you did I both. Wanted to, I wanted to go play an international game. I did neither. What? And the Steelers, literally the year after I left and I went to San Diego, was the year they did both of those in the same year, <laughs> no! Wolf. The same oh! year. They played Thursday night against Baltimore, and then they went to London. I Whoa. was so pissed. I was like, really? It's like, really? I gave nine years of my life here in Pittsburgh, and on the 10th years of the year, they decided Whoa. to finish off the rest of my bucket list. That's brutal. So, so no, I have, I have not played on Thanksgiving <laughs> I have not been overseas to play a game. I'm no, sorry, all, Max. Man, all, all you got was Super Bowl rings. That's, that's it. Stinks right yeah, there. That is true. It is truly I'll just, incredible. I'll just rest when, on that. You know what? I'll save you with this. It's called math. That's the thing that blows my mind. Just the fact that all of these pundits, when he says the evidence is there, I just don't believe it. When you look at the math of the Arizona Cardinals, eight and one, of course, on the season so far, five and zero oh on the road, and oh by the way, go look who they beat on the road as well. They've got the number five offense in the league, the number four defense in the league, the number two scoring offense in the league, the number three scoring defense in the league, the number one point differential in the football universe is a hundred and twenty-two, and it belongs to your Arizona Cardinals. It is stunning the lack of respect in in my power poll, and I think most power polls this morning. The Cardinals beat two of the teams in the top five. <laughs> two of the teams, and the one yeah. game they lost on the last play of the game is also in the top five. I, it, it's yeah. stunning to me that people, especially with the talent the Cardinals have on the offensive side of the ball, it's stunning they don't give. The Cardinals, they're due. I'll give you one more math one. Two plus four equals one. They beat two and four. <laughs> yes. That's why they're number one. Yes. <laughs> if we were in college football right now, this team would be sitting at number one in the college football playoff rankings. You know, I mean, Not that's just kind of how, how, how we're, how we're playing. And like you said, you rattled off all those top five positions. 
it's like it's a no-brainer. It's like is everybody nearsighted all of a sudden? You can't see the writing on the wall. You got to walk up to the wall and read each letter. Um, yeah, I, I don't see who who is who is better than them. And the team that they think is on the rise does not have their main engine, which is t- which is Tennessee. They beat them with a full a full tank of gas, yes, Derrick yeah, Henry. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, well, who are you going to put there? Why do you why are you reluctant? Who's the reluctant choice? Um, for this game, because Green Bay just lost another one. Yes, granted, without Aaron Rodgers, but it was ugly. Jordan Love looked terrible, or muy terrible in Espanol. <laughs> um, you know, and, and 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 I mean, and so who 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 are you who are you thinking of? The Rams? Well, beat them. Okay, they can't go in front of us. They can't leapfrog us. Tampa Bay is your best bet, and Tampa Bay is ah, it's okay. You know, they had a bye last week, so they don't really move the needle. But I mean, Tampa Bay has its own issues too. Uh, so I'm like, duh, easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, find the, find the one that has the least amount of spots. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. They have the least amount of spots. They should be number one. It is absolutely. It, it's, sometimes I, I will grant you that it is complicated. We were talking about this before. Like, you get down to 16, 17, 18, you got to rank every team. Yeah, okay, like this team's clearly better, but they lost to this team, whatever. But at the top of the power rankings, it should be pretty easy, and it's even more easy than ever right now. All right, coming up, the NFL wants to take the focus off of taunting. So why are they putting the spotlight on taunting? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Max. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. All right, we got Max Starks here. Max, I... I um... I have to ask because a lot of people are tweeting into the show asking me to ask oh. you this. Oh, you don't I even know what this. the question is. Yeah, yet. exactly. Hang yeah, in there, I, I know. I, here's the thing. I don't. I did. I don't know what you're going to say verbally, but I know what you're going to ask. I, I don't. I can pretty much guarantee you, you don't in this case. Uh, I don't know how this conversation started yesterday. Yeah. So I Wolf can give you the background, but I'll just ask you how uh, how messed up are your fingers? Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, that was a complete left field. <laughs> uh, my my fingers. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about, Max, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, a lot of offensive have, linemen have some really messed my up. My thumbs fingers. are good. My thumbs are good. Okay. Does that count? That's. I mean, that's fingers. Right? Yeah, but it, but every other one has a fracture in it. Okay. Oh, wow. How about that? Uh, See that? Wow, I mean, Wolf every right. other one okay. has a fracture in it. Okay, but. But they're not yeah. messed up, though, right, Max? Like, you know, some guys walk around and they still have yeah. the perpendicular. I don't have the Brian Baldinger, like, pinkies. Okay. That's what you're asking. All right, I don't, ha- I don't have Baldy's pinkies. But you know there's but, a lot of guys who still have that, right? A finger that is messed oh, yeah. up on a hand? I, got, um, I, mean, I have one. I have one. It, but it, funny thing is, it's my middle finger on my right hand. Okay, uh, right. That, that's the only one that does not go all the way straight. But I mean, it grips. I can still grip with it, but okay. it doesn't go all the way straight. You'd never Rodney need Bailey. it to go straight anyways. <laughs> you yeah. would never need that, Max. I'm not hand modeling anytime soon. Exactly I have not right. Been asked Being to hand the peace loving man that you are. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we just had to follow up because people are starting to ask on Twitter because we were we said yesterday because Wolf said no offensive lineman has has like fingers that aren't gnarled and we we're like we're going to look at Max when yeah. he comes in here and ask him. Um, Max, the uh, the taunting rule in the NFL, it people already hated it, but it sort of came to a head on Monday night with the Cassius Marsh incident uh, in the Bears uh, Steelers game. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this segment off with this clip from Ryan Clark, because Ryan Clark usually speaks pretty, uh, pretty well on, on topics, uh, really any topic, but specifically on this one, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think you can't make this call subjective. If there's going to be certain rules or certain things that are definitive. officiated in this, they need to be definitive. I need to know that I can't stare at people. I need to know that I can't flex my muscles. I need to know that what I've worked my entire life to do, the thing that I've stayed up from five in the morning till midnight Talk every single night, the thing that I've gotten therapy and needles stuck from my neck to my ankles, the reason I've been in cold tubs and hot tubs every single morning, morning and the reason I've ran through film 80 million times was because so I can make that one play. Mm. one play and you mean to tell me on that one play I gotta calm all that down that went into this because somebody who can't do what I do who ain't never done what I've done mm. and don't know what this feeling is like gets offended by it and I wish I freaking would there you go that's uh that's Pretty definitive there by Ryan Clark. Max, I, I, I don't actually know where you come out on the taunting rule yet, but I 100% agree with what he said there towards the beginning of you better clearly define what this is because we're going to see games decided by a referee saying, yeah, I think he was uh, looking at them wrong or I think he was going to say something, so I threw the flag and negated a huge play. Yeah, no, I, I think the clarity, you know, Troy Vincent came out and, and talked about the sportsmanship and said it's clearly you cannot look at a player or the opposing bench. You can celebrate, but don't look at the opposing player that you that, that the play was made on or you don't look at the bench. I think that's pretty clear uh, because I also in that game, Cam Hayward had an interception. What did he do? Ran to the end zone. He did not go towards the Chicago Bears end zone or or towards their bench and do a slide baseball slide into their into their bench. TJ Watt had three sacks in that game. TJ Watt, every time after that sack, went out of his way, ran an additional ten to fifteen yards away and looked into the end zone and did his dance. You know, the 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 open the door, kick it in, whatever it is. Um I think there's plenty of examples in that game and also in other games where I'm not looking at the other side, right? I'm not looking at the other side. I'm not I'm not taunting or making a gesture towards him. What Cassius Marsh did, and listen, I get it. He got cut two months ago, right? Got cut at the end of training camp <clears throat> from the Steelers. As a guy who wants to exact revenge on everybody that has scorned me, I feel Cassius Marsh. But at the same time, he took steps towards the sideline. He went out of his way to look at the bench and flex, right? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like it was in the moment right after it's done. He's like, ah, flexing, right? You know, blind rage. No, it was more intentional than that. And I think that's kind of where, as I've had to dissect this, because I, I was on the sidelines, I was there when it happened, and trying to understand what it was, and then everybody tried to make a deal out of the hip check. He also turned towards the referee and was running in the direction of the referee. Every time I've always done it, I don't run towards the ref when anything's going to happen, unless, unless it's the umpire when they used to stand in the, in the middle of the pile in the box and you're trying to drive a guy uh, 10 yards downfield. Yes, an umpire might get hit in that situation. But he, there was the, the little bit of extra, and that, that's what I think was why it got flagged. Um, you know, And this is not me because, oh, my gosh, I work for the Steelers and I stand on the sidelines for them. <laughs> it, it was like, as a fan, I'm like, dude, like, that was just stupid, immature move right there. Why would you even walk towards the bench to flex? Like, you had, you could have done it clearly in the field. After you took Ben down, stand up and flex in that direction, and then walk away, go to the sidelines, or go to the end zones, which everybody else does on big plays. They run to the end zone, and everybody comes up. It looks like a photo op, blah, blah, blah. 
but he didn't he didn't do either of those things. He he made a decision to take four steps towards that bench, look him down, flex with those I mean, he has very colorful arms, you know, so I mean, it's not like you can miss him. Uh and then and then decide to run back and then you run back as you're running, you don't bow at all, you run in a straight line where a referee is and you wonder why the referee flinches in that moment. Uh, because like you just sacked a dude and you're running towards me. Uh, I'm going to try and brace myself. Actually, he could he pulled the elbow. He could have given him a, a rib shot with the elbow, reverse elbow there, but he chose not to. But I think that's kind of where I'm at. And I know Ryan, listen, Ryan, as a guy who I've seen FedEx envelopes go to Ryan's locker many a times over the years, <laughs> I get the defensive mindset of it. But trying to be as objective as possible that's where I think you you do have to make that judgment call. Like, okay, he took he took a couple steps towards that bench. He's he's clearly got his back and his and his, and his nameplate. I can read it because he's looking directly at that sideline, making his gesture. That's an easy call in that situation. I think that's what makes it so tough. Is that you know you try and say, oh yeah, he worked his whole life to get this moment. Blah blah blah. No, he was scorned. He was bitter. It was a petty move, and that's what it was. I hate to say that, but yeah. that's what it was. You could have walked to your sidelines. That was third down. You shouldn't be on the field anyways. You're not on punt cover. You know what I'm saying? You're not on the punt block. Take your butt to the sidelines. And then he got reamed by his coach for doing that. Yeah, you know, for me, once again, Max, I will tell you, I, I agree with Ryan Clark and what he is saying in regard to they have to be more definitive in what it is that they're going to they're gonna call taunting and what isn't going to be taunting. Now, the, the walking towards the sideline, the opposing sideline, and gesturing, <laughs> I mean, okay, I get that as a taunt, but there are so many other calls that have gotten hit with taunting that I didn't think were appropriate. I really did not. And the danger here is the fact the NFL, with all of this gambling that is going on right now, the NFL is going to open itself up to a huge wound, metaphorically speaking, if in fact this continues to me because making it subjective to a referee uh, you're going to get a taunting flag that suddenly changes the course of a game, changes the outcome of a game from a gambling perspective. There's going to be a lot of heat that's going to be brought down on the league if they don't get this ironed out, and they need to get it ironed out, in my opinion. Well, and I completely agree about that. I, I, I think that, that you have to be uniform, but I think as we have so many different crews, so will those perspectives be skewed. And as long as we don't have an oversight for referees, right? We we don't get referee grades and they don't get scored. They don't get FedEx envelopes sent to sent their way when they mess up a call. They kind of operate with impunity. That's what you're going to get because you can't make every referee see it the same exact way. Some guys are looser with flags, some guys are tighter with flags, right? Tony Carrenti coming into that game has thrown the third fewest flags of any NFL crew. Like they had that type of record, and you saw we threw he threw what seventeen flags in that game. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where you kind of know when you look at the referee, you're like, ah, it's going to be that type of game. Um, you know, you know that there's certain guys, so there's no uniformity. I think that's where you kind of have to say, 
where's the oversight for the refs? Where is the oversight Man. in general to keep it as uniform as possible? And until we have that, we're going to continue to be subjected to this. And yet, for right while you're indifferent, that's just how, how it's going to be until until they have a referendum for them or make them full-time sure. employees to where they have that accountability. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about Tony Carrente. We have no time, though. Text us your yeah. thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, Sam Darnold is injured and out for Sunday's game against the Cardinals, which means the Cardinals will have more experience at quarterback no matter who is under center than their opponent on Sunday. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Starks. Maximum for Maximum for Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. All right, well, in case you missed it, the Cardinals will not be facing Sam Darnold this weekend. I don't know if this is better or worse for the Cardinals, but uh, they will be facing P.J. Walker. Sam Darnold is out for a while. Was it a fractured shoulder, which sounds... Um, a scapula, yeah. as a matter Pain, of fact. Painful. Yeah, painful, not, not great. We, uh, we're seeing more and more of this, and that's to be expected. You get deeper into the season, you're going to see more and more backups, Max. We've actually seen the backups have a pretty good amount of success, at least over the last couple weeks. Let's start there, since we haven't got to talk to you about this. Colt McCoy's performance in uh, in last week's win over San Francisco, when you spin that forward and you look and you say, okay, maybe Kyler Murray isn't 100%, um, does what Colt McCoy just did and the fact that the Cardinals picked up a win in that game too give you a little more leeway to say, yeah, I might have to go, I may go with Colt one more week? Yeah, I, I think you, ha- you have to because Colt, Colt did the job. He did the job he was asked to do, and, and I think that he did it in a fashion – that let us know that this Cardinals offense is in a position where they can wreak havoc and they don't need Kyler to do it. And the defense is at a place where they feel good about themselves, where they can have a controlling, dominating type of performance of their own. So I really like where this Cardinals squad is. Um, and I think it doesn't matter who lines up at center. I mean, Carolina right now, I mean, for that 3-0, and let's just, boo. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Blow it in the wind, right? Because it, it is it is no longer the Cardinals that, that are the Carolina Panthers you think they are, um, and Arizona is just in such a good place. You know, I, like I keep saying, with the depth that they have, they can they can sustain those type of injuries, whether Kyler plays or doesn't play, DeAndre plays or doesn't play, because Christian Kirk has stepped up. We see what Colt McCoy can do, and this offensive line is playing uh, some of his best team ball. They just need to cut down on some of the uh, on some of the pressures on Kyler. But this squad is really primed and ready, and I like the way the schedule is shaking out for them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Max. You look at the Carolina Panthers and you watch them play offensively in particular. They're a mess. Their defense is actually scrappy offensively. They are a complete mess with that offensive line in particular. But I want to ask you about Robbie Anderson. Did you happen to see Robbie Robbie Anderson walk by Sam Darnold on the Carolina Panthers sideline after he threw a pick? Did you happen to see that, Max, that cut? I, I did not see that. Okay. I'm going to have to go through my Yeah, Twitter no, sphere. I'm serious. Just Google it, man, and you'll bring it up. Robbie Anderson walks by him and yells at Sam Darnold. 
<laughs> okay. And I have to tell you, Sam put his hat on, lowered the brim, and turned around and never responded to him. Ooh. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no. I just, I, I just, I, saw, I'm it. just saying, saw it. Did you just see it? Okay. Yeah, I just you, saw it. Your, your gut reaction to that right now. Um, this is one of the reasons why I think it might actually be a good thing for the Carolina Panthers <laughs> to put P.J. Walker in there. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things. You don't want your wide receiver and quarterback having that type of exchange. That that's The optics alone are horrible because here's the thing. You want to see this squad try and succeed, right? You're always looking for what can, my te- what can I do to help my teammates. And right there... I don't I don't see anything that helps the team in that moment. <laughs> Be honest. And it seems like cuz Robbie's had Robbie's had had a, had a rough year so far. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he hasn't hit the numbers. You know, he came he came from New York to be with with his quarterback Sam Darnold who he had success with. That's the other thing. He had success w- with him in New York. Now they switch venues and it's like he's an afterthought in a lot of their scheme stuff. So I am just, uh, you know, not surprised by the season that's going, but that's got to that's got to be frustrating. And Sam Darnold kind of giving him the one off look, like I don't even hear what's going on right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's rough, and and that's where that's why the the Panthers are where they are right now. And I'm sure Matt Rule is probably thinking, you know what, I could have went back to college and got a really <laughs> nice payday. Right, <laughs> I like recruiting so much more than dealing with the, with feelings. Uh, you know, at Max. This moment, yeah, so I was it's rough. I, I was gonna say too, like I mean, you you played a long time with Ben Roethlisberger, who didn't miss a ton of games. But how different is that sort of uh, just that feeling around the team? Like I, I would assume it's got to be a different approach when you know it's the backup because you guys know as players, like okay, we do trust this backup, or I don't know about this guy, but we have to make it look like we trust this backup. Well, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Listen, the the your favorite player on any team is the backup quarterback until he actually has to be the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to whom much much is given, much is received. You've gotten to hang out with a clipboard and a hat, and you know your little one one way walkie talkie. You know you're adjusting the volume on the side. You got a little earpiece in, listening to everything. Now you got to throw that helmet on, and now it, it's it's a different type of one way walkie talkie. He's calling in the plays to you. And you need to get this right. Um, it's it's one of those things. I was blessed and fortunate, right? Because I had Byron Leftwich, I had Charlie Batch, mm. I had Dennis Dixon, I had guys we knew, we had spent time together for years, and we developed that rapport. You know, I was close with Charlie. I'm close with Byron, right? I think it, it has a different dimension, a different feel um, when the backups in because also everybody's rooting for him. That's also on that side of the ball, so you want to make it right regardless. Because you're like, man, you're in. Hey, let's do this. You're the reason we're going to win this game. Let's go out and do it. So it's more of a rallying cry when you get the backup quarterback in than, a, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen unless it's a new guy that you took that you got off the streets two weeks ago and got elevated from practice squad within that time and that was on the roster. When you have a guy that's been there, I think I think it does give you a little bit of extra oomph, and you want to go out and try and play your best ball. With well, it. I will say this too: when the backup quarterback walks onto the field, every head snaps up. Though when he first steps into that that huddle to call the play, his voice better not crack. <laughs> and I've heard a backup. I heard a backup quarterback. Right? Um, yes, I'm telling you. Thirty-four you know gut. Red, red, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, tw- 
Man, I've heard that yeah. happen before, and I can tell you right now, it sends shockwaves <laughs> it doesn't, it through doesn't the huddle. Inspire a lot of confidence, no, that's for sure. No, it does not. Uh, all right, we come back. The college football playoff rankings came out yesterday. Did they get the top four right? Did they ever get the top four right? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Max. Please welcome us from the University of Florida, tackle All right, well, the latest college football playoff rankings are out. And, um, you know, I I wouldn't say too much of a surprise. I mean, if if they have to drop uh, somebody out, obviously they're going to slide Ohio State in. And I'm not even saying Ohio State doesn't qualify. But how this is what's frustrating about this is you know the committee's like, oh, nice, two SEC teams in Ohio State. This is all we ever wanted. But um, (laughs) right now it is Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State in that order. So, Max, we'll start with this. Cincinnati is currently fifth on the list. They are 9-0. and They have a nice win in Notre Dame. They don't really play anybody else the rest of the season. Um, Scrapped with Tulsa. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, is there there any way Cincinnati's sneaking into the top four in your mind? Uh... Let's see. Bama has to lose to Auburn. Okay. Um, Oregon just has to drop a game at this point. Um, Ohio State will have to lose the uh, Big Ten Championship and then insert Cincinnati. Um, So pretty much three blind mice um, have to find the cheese. Being, uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, though, a, a gauntlet of cats. But you think That's Cincinnati? You think Cincinnati would move in if, if, like, let's say Alabama loses and and Cincinnati goes undefeated? I I'm inclined to believe we're still going to see a two loss Alabama ahead of Cincinnati. You know, you know, I, I don't know. It depends on how I think how Bama loses, right? And it has it can't be in the championship game. Right. You can't lose to Georgia. I think that one is a non-starter. But like I said, if you lose to Auburn in the Iron Bowl. In that game, you know, then it becomes realistic because Texas A&M is sitting there and Texas A&M has beaten Alabama. And then if they both have two losses, Texas A&M goes. And then Bama's idle. They're not in the championship game. So I think that's the way that uh, that Cincinnati jumps them because Bama's not in the championship okay. game. Okay. Max, so, so that's that's how that works. Max, why do you think the Pac-12 has been such a football joke to the rest of the world? For the most part, why? Why do you think that has been the, the rest case? Of the world, like even no, Bulgaria. I mean, no, I mean honestly, I I look at it. The selection committee has uh, um, they've got it out for the Pac-12, frankly, in my opinion. I, I don't think they respect the Pac-12 at all. And some people could sit there and make an argument. The worst thing that happened to the Pac-12 is the fact Oregon is actually in the playoffs right now. And the argument would be that says all is well. There's nothing wrong with the back 12 right now. Yet it seems like to me there's a lot of people out there on the selection committee that don't like the back 12. Well, I, I think, you know, you, they get a ding because of last year, right? Because of the way they, the, you know, the COVID protocols and they didn't play like the ACC and, and the SEC did and the Big 12. Right. They went with the Big Ten aspect of it. Like, you know, we're going to wait and see. I think that was kind of the first kind of 
mark against them. But then I think before that, it's only been Oregon and Washington who have been to the college football playoff, and the rest of the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself, right? Because the teams that we think are good end up taking bad losses to teams that are unranked in the same uh, conference. And then it's like, well, who's going to be the dominating factor? You look at those and you're like, when are we going to get that? When are we going to get that type of dominance where you could see a Clemson go yard against a team, right, in the ACC? And that re- and, <coughs> I'm sorry. And that's what that's what carried Clemson. Clemson was on was on pins and needles. Like if Clemson doesn't dominate everybody year in and year out, the ACC could could be arguing what the Pac-12 is seen as right now. Um, because they are heavy in the Big Ten and the SEC. And then the Big 12 gets it because Oklahoma dominates everybody. Like, there's no one team in the Pac-12 that just takes over year in and year out. It's more evenly placed. So they say, well, if it's more evenly placed, then we'll just leave them out or we'll give them that one and that'll be it. That'll suffice them. Because they feel like the disparity between the top and the bottom is such a significant drop-off and there's not a lot of a lot of guys in the middle that are really fighting and having those impressive out-of-conference wins throughout the year that it doesn't judge. And I think this also goes to scheduling. I think that's why you saw that alliance or the whatever they called it where you know they tried to link in you know, the Pac-12 with the Big Ten and try and create a bigger relationship there and some of the Pac-12 and try and ice out, you know, the SEC. Um, but I think that's kind of where we're at is – how do we figure this out in the landscape of television media? How do we see the product that is the Pac-12 without having to put them on a ridiculous time difference? Because they're three hours difference more often than not in that conference. And those games that are played for their prime time, everybody sleep on the East Coast. And I think there's an East Coast bias when it comes to what, what people are doing out there in Pac-12 land. And, you know, there's good football, but then there's also. And then your traditional blue bloods aren't responding to the challenge. Where is USC right now? You know, that's that's the team that was the hallmark of the Pac, old Pac-10, and they can't even get into the Pac-12 championship game since it's been the Pac-12. I they think can't they even beat once. ASU. Yeah. So so why are we going to waste our time out there? Stanford is down as well. Stanford would be the other one that you would think people look to because of the Christian McCaffreys and Andrew Lux. Like, they, they had a resurgence. Washington's not good this year. So... That's where I think it, it all hangs on Oregon because that's the brand recognition that everybody knows. And let's face it, that Nike money is nice. So they can see them, but they can't see ASU. They can't see Arizona when Arizona was decent, which was feels like 10 years ago. Um, you know, when you look at that, you don't have those name brand names. And I think that's why they get overlooked because you're not going to beat out the brand of Michigan. You're not going to be at the brand of Ohio State. What Clemson has made itself in in the CFP era into its name, you know, Alabama, Georgia, right? Those icons, those mascots, those decals on the helmets stand out, you know, and all the other ones that are in the, that that are out here for for the Pac-12, they don't stand out. You know, they're not looking at the pitchforks, they're not looking at the A, they're not looking at the at the at the at the Trojan helmet, right? They're not they don't see those in the same light in the last 7 to 8 years that they do with those other teams that have been more prominent and that have the allure and they also get all the four and five star recruits. So, Max, how do you the one that really confuses me when you look at the rankings right now and I don't care about this school or program at all, but Oklahoma was like a preseason top 5 team and they're undefeated and they're eighth 
and, and I'm sure there's reasoning behind it, but I don't fully understand what the reasoning is. Well, I, I think when you look at they haven't dominated the way that we've wanted them to do, right? Like what they did before. Like they put, you know, millions of points on the board and nobody could touch them, right? Nebraska, you play them into a one-score game. That's, that's a one-touchdown game. West Virginia is a three-point game. Uh, Kansas State is a six-point victory. Uh, you get into a shootout with Texas. Um, you know, the only big margin of victory you have is Texas Tech and Texas Christian. Well, they handled TCU. Western Carolina, too, in week two. Oh, please. First of all, I don't even want you to say that out of your mouth again. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to talk about directional schools on this show. Not not right now. No, but um, how, how, does, but, how do you go undefeated and there's other teams that have a loss or two in front of you? Again, I, I don't care about Oklahoma, but that they, they at least have... Where's your signature victory? Where's your signature victory? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's Texas. So, okay, so if they beat Baylor exactly. this week... And a, and a then I would say Texas Virginia. who got mollywhopped by... <laughs> Okay, well, well, anyways, <laughs> let's take hometown bias out of this, okay? All right, call it's Dale to talk about town. that one. Homeschool. <laughs> yeah, homeschool. Sorry, homeschool, hometown. And brought uh, up it, too. Yeah, but I think that, that that's the reason why Oklahoma's falling. They don't have that signature victory on there. The reason why Oregon is up there, because they beat Ohio State. And who's right behind them? Ohio State. You know, that's why Oregon is up there, because they went and took that key out-of-conference victory. Um, the schedule is not is not appealing for Oklahoma this year. And they just had a huge quarterback change, right? Spencer Rattler, pre-Heisman favorite, sitting on the bench. He's getting water, and he also has that one earpiece uh, directing traffic on the sidelines. You know, there's not – so that's why Texas – that's why Oklahoma's sitting there at eight. But like you said, if they can go the distance, right, you got Baylor on the schedule coming up this weekend, Baylor can give you a jump because Baylor's 13. That could be your signature victory before you see them again in the, in the Big 12 championship game. That's the moment. But they're in position to strike. They just have to continue the course. Whereas Cincinnati had their one moment in the sun. They they dominate it, but they don't have anything to follow up with it because the rest of the schedule doesn't look appealing enough um, to the committee when you look at the other teams that are in front of them. Yeah. So I think that's the reason why Oklahoma gets you know that kind of slight right now, but they have to they have to win out. I'll just you know and and that that's how it's going to be. I'll I'll never fully understand it cuz like Ohio State just moves in and everybody's like, "Oh, it's Ohio State." I mean, they're they're two ranked opponents. One is Oregon, they lost to, and the other one is Penn State who's 20th. Now, they've got three ranked opponents coming up in their last three games. So, yes, if Ohio State beats those teams, I can see why they would move up. But I'll just I'll never understand how it just seems like there's like five teams where as long as they don't have like four losses, we're going to start with them in there and somebody has to unseed them no matter what. Well, and think about this. Think about how bad last weekend was for football. I mean, Ohio State had the best victory. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying like, they, like, think about that. For as crappy as 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 the results were for a lot of games, like Michigan State taking that embarrassing loss, like Ohio State was like, listen, we beat them by nine. Good enough. Good enough. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, just slide up. <laughs> All right, Max. Good stuff as always, man. Thank Thanks you, a lot. We'll talk to you next week. My pleasure, guys. Take care. All right. That's uh, Max Starks joining us for an hour on Wednesday morning, as he does every single week when we come back. We'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.